Hi, everyone. Welcome to Be Still, Be Free in the Cast. And I'm Monica, and I'm here with Sarah. <laughs> and shockingly, it's Monica and Sarah today. <laughs> I don't know why I'm always like, guess who I'm with today? Yeah, it's... Oh, Sarah. <laughs> I forgot who the guest was going to be. <laughs> but anyway, I hope we hope that you enjoyed last week's episode on our spring break recap and just yep. some fun observations and shenanigans and um, good times. Just keeping it fun. Keeping it lighthearted keeping it from light. time to time. Yep. And now we're going to get very serious and dive yep. into some theological issues and exegetical study of some ladies of the Bible. <laughs> it might not be that deep, but yes, we are. But we thought it would be fun. We were trying to decide what to do for a couple of weeks. And um, I have been reading the Bible in chronological order. I'm still only in Genesis. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big Although it, I did read all of Job at the same time. Yeah, it, um, it's funny. My friend did this. She gave us this as a gift. Um, she made a copy and put it in a notebook and gave it to us for at Christmas time. And there are three columns, mm-hmm. um, basically, of, of reading. And so I'm like, oh, this might be a three-year thing. Like, I, yeah. Um, might be, but I've decided I'm throwing grace at my feet. Like, I don't have to have it done in a year. There's no deadline. I am not not mm-hmm. getting a crown in heaven because I didn't even read the Bible right. in one year. So right. long you don't story get a special short, bracelet. That's right for reading it in a year, but that's fine. Long story short, it is a um, study Bible that I'm reading out of, which I love, and so mm-hmm. I've been trying to read the notes at the bottom to go along with the scripture that I'm reading. Um, and it talked about Lot's wife and how she looked back, and there was just a little, it just hit me, and I was like, how many women in the Bible did something that we do every day and we don't even realize it. We're like, I can't believe Eve ate that apple. I can't believe that, you know, whatever. Sarah laughed at God, whatever. Right. Um, but, we are doing the very same things. Of course we're doing the exact same thing. But we just don't know it because we're just so, yeah. Or we have an excuse. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And so it makes more sense for us, but it didn't for them. That's right. So we're good. We decided that Mm -hmm. we would take five or six women and things that they did, and we would talk about how to apply that to our lives today. Yes, I so, love it. I yeah. love it. So you go first. Okay, You're starting with I'm going to start with Eve, who's actually the first woman. That's exactly right. <laughs> awesome. And we all know her as the woman who ate the apple. Doggone it! Right? Gave us PMS and bad childbirth. That's things. exactly right. And menopause. Yep. So in Genesis three one, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat?" from any tree in the garden. And then three, seven, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it or she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Okay. So my takeaway on this is um, one day I was reading about Eve and it was like just these, this story just popped off the page and hit me in the face. And I was like, I eat the apple every day. There are so many things that God has said, hey, I'm protecting you. Mm -hmm. And yet I look at the thing that I'm not supposed to have and I go and I take it and Mm -hmm. have pleasure with it. And usually as women, we don't just keep it to ourselves. We share it. Yeah. You know, like, what do you do? You pick up your phone, you tell your girlfriend all the negative things about somebody else or, um, you know, you, you gossip a little or whatever. It's just more fun to have people to do things with than to do them alone, which is why I think Misery loves company. Eve gave it to Adam. Yeah. Right. She, she didn't just keep it to herself. She shared what she did with the person who was with her, which is just so easy to do. Um, and so I think so many times we have this attitude of, um, we, we justify, it's funny that you said that word, we justify it with, well, that's just the way I am. 
I, I, I'm just, I'm just opinionated or Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just, you know, strong willed, or I'm just, you know, adventurous, or I'm just, or I'm part Greek. I'm part Italian. Of course I'm going to be sharp tongued and just blow my temper. Yeah. Of course I'm going to eat the apple. Um, but in another one, I said, if God didn't want me to, why did he create me this way? Right. Because how many times do we hear yes. in the world now, well, if God didn't want me to That's be just in my DNA. this, then he wouldn't have given me the desire for this. Or, you know, yeah, like he gave me a strong tongue, so he must want me, want me to use it. Or, um, you know, he wouldn't have given me the desire to want something I shouldn't want if he didn't want me to have it. If God loves me, why would he create me this? You know, like we hear these justifications all the time. And I just think this, this story is just so simple that she did something wrong. And I think what's important to real quick is yeah, that yeah. she was tempted by the devil. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting here saying, well, it's just the way I'm created. It's just the way I am. Da, 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 da. No, you have given into the temptation of Satan mm-hmm. and you're trying to justify that. Mm-hmm. By blaming it on God. Mm -hmm. I think there's another um, perspective on it too, um, which is a lot of times God will say something, but it's not a hundred percent clear or we do question like truly question. Yeah. Well, does that really mean this or does it mean this? Or um, we read into the, we interpret it differently Mm -hmm. or we question like, well, does, if God said this, does that apply to this? Like sometimes there is yeah. a genuine question, not that it wasn't Eve's case, but um, sometimes too. So here's where I'm getting at with it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I tried observing Lent this year. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really like followed through with Lent. I didn't grow up with that tradition. Yeah. And so I've got a devotional that I'm going through, which is awesome. And I've been very diligent with going through that, but I, I gave up something that was a I don't know. It just wasn't that big a deal. And so because what I decided to give up wasn't that big a deal, half, not even halfway, a third of the way through, I was like, whatever, this is dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, did God really want me to give that up? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I I just doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, I can totally see Eve in me in that scenario where it's like, well, God, did God really say it? Or was that just my own idea? Mm -hmm. You know, so there's, there's those questions that we have a lot of time Mm -hmm. of, a, did he, what did he mean when he said that? Right. Because I can't figure it out because his ways are higher. Yeah. And then B, I don't, did I make it up? Yeah. Or was it really him? Yeah. It's it, And there is that fine line sometimes of trying mm-hmm. to figure that out. Um, and I think that's why it's so important before you make big decisions that you sit on it and you pray about it and you ask for clarity mm-hmm. and wisdom and knowledge and understanding so that God can reveal it to you. Mm-hmm. The beauty of this and in every one of these stories, well... Not really every one of them, but the beauty in the story of Eve is there was still redemption. There was mm-hmm. massive consequence, massive consequence. Cause you know, we're all like, I can't wait to talk to Eve when I get to heaven. Well, listen, our great grandchildren aren't going to be able to wait to talk to us when we get to heaven either, because right. there's something that we did that, you know, spiraled things out into their and lives. If, right. It was her imperfection. It would have been any one of us. That's exactly right. So. If, if any of us had been there, we would have had the ability to have been tempted as strongly as she was. And who knows what decision we would have made, but we all have the choice every single day not to eat the apple. And we do. So even though there was massive consequence, God still had a redemptive story um, and even met her when she was at the grave mm-hmm. and Satan was talking about, you know, how much of a loser she was. Um, and, and God said, Hey, I'm still going to win. Yeah. The war. 
Yeah. We may have lost this battle, mm-hmm. but Eve, I'm still going to win the war. Yeah. So don't worry about that. Um, and the, the verse that came to my mind was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. And all of your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Lean not on your own understanding. I think that is the takeaway from this is that if you're trying to justify what you're doing, if you're trying to explain it away, most likely you are leaning on your own understanding and you're trying to convince yourself and everybody else of it, mm-hmm. which is what Eve did. God wants me to to have as much as I could. He loves me. Why wouldn't he want me to have all the wisdom that I can mm-hmm. have? Maybe he didn't really mean it. Maybe I didn't mm-hmm. really understand him, right? I'm just like you were talking about. I'm mm-hmm. sure she had all that dialogue. It's not like she was like, yeah, I'm eating the fruit. I do not think, I don't that, think that, that was, was her attitude. Willful disobedience. No, I think she was deceived because it says... Um, was more crafty than any wild animal. So I don't think he would have talked about the craftiness of the serpent if the craftiness had not been part yeah. of the deception. Yeah, I don't think he was like, um, what is it, uh, Ka or Shere Khan in uh, right, the right, Jungle Book right. with the like, swirly eyes. Like, yes. did God really say? <laughs> you know, like, not like yeah, that at all. No. That's what we think would yeah, be the story. I think it was just a very... Um, it was just a conversation. And he knew how to talk to Eve, and he knew what to say, and he knew to go to her... Not to Adam. And it may have even been more like, gosh, that looks really good. Doesn't yeah. that look so good? I wonder what it tastes like. Yeah. And like if God gosh, really like, loves you, he would want you to have that, right? Like, did I mean, yeah, like did God maybe God meant like this, or mm-hmm. maybe it's supposed to be this, or you know He I, cast out. And so when you cast out, you begin to lean in your own understanding. Yeah. So that that's the verse that just popped out to me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. So it might not make sense, but God lots of times doesn't make sense and faith doesn't make sense. So we have to quit trying to be so logical. Yeah, faith is illogical. And fit God into this little human box because there's just nothing about him that yeah. can fit into a human box. And yeah. then it's not always logical. So, yeah, that's my thing on Eve. What are you eating? What's your apple? Yeah. And how are you trying to justify it? My apple today is Cadbury mini eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm justifying it by saying they're only out once a year. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what I got going on. Good for you. I love that. I love okay. That. Who okay, do you have? So I have Rebecca. Okay. And Rebecca, I'm going to just kind of give an overview here. And I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of notes on this. <laughs> not a lot of notes. Keeping it simple, Monica. <laughs> this is not quite as simple. So um, this is the story of Rebecca. She was married to Isaac mm-hmm. and she had the first recorded set of twins, mm-hmm. um, Esau and Jacob. And I can't read this story. It wasn't the first recorded. So. Well, she's one of the only two in the Bible. Oh, I guess. No, I was thinking about Eve. Those were, uh, Cain and Abel were, were not twins. twins. That's right. Mm-hmm. But she is one of the only yeah, two. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I can't go through the story without. Did you ever watch the movie about Jacob? There was like a movie and Matthew Modine played Jacob. So now everything in here, I think of Matthew Modine. <laughs> So I want you all to have that image in your head as well. No, I did not see that. So Esau was born first, Mm -hmm. but as um, Esau is coming out of the womb, Jacob is also coming out of the womb with his hand firmly grasped on the heel. Mm -hmm. And God speaks and says that the older will serve the younger. And Rebecca holds on to that promise. And God's words were, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will come from you and be separated. One will be stronger than the other. The older will serve the younger. Mm -hmm. So as she's pregnant, God gives her this word and this promise. So of course that's what she's thinking about. And then she sees Jacob come out holding on to, you know, his brother's heel. And so like, this is what, this is how life starts Mm -hmm. with the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Esau was hairy. He was a hunter. He was a wilderness guy. He had a wild spirit. Um, one of the commentaries said he was probably more brilliant, attractive, forceful, and daring than mm. Jacob. Jacob was referred to as um, a tw- like a homebody, yeah. basically. He didn't like to go out. He liked to just kind of stay at home. Um, he was less manly. And um, it says that in the commentary, in spite of his weakness, he did have a finer character. Mm, so he was just a little less, I guess, abrasive or aggressive. Hard to believe that he had a finer character when you think about the birthright. Right. And then you think about the blessing. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Okay. So I'll. Sorry. Bookmark. Bookmark <laughs> right there. Um, Pause. It is said that Isaac loved Esau and that Rebecca loved Jacob. So yes. the, the text is implying here that Isaac had his favorite and Rebecca had her favorite. Mm-hmm. And um, it, some scholars point out that it's interesting how it says that um, Isaac loved Rebecca. Mm but there's no mention of Rebecca loving Isaac. And so that's an interesting thing to kind of like tuck away in the paint drop for how this next thing goes. So yeah. she probably preferred Jacob over Esau and Isaac. Isn't that interesting? Um, Cause there's all this talk about how much he adored her, but it's not mentioned in reverse. That's interesting. Um, so when he is old and close to his deathbed, which actually Martin Luther um, kind of mapped out the age and said that this whole story of the birthright happened when he was probably about 137 mm-hmm. and he didn't die till he was 180. Mm. So he wasn't necessarily like at the brink of huh, death. Cause it makes this, this all you feel like he's on his deathbed. You feel like this happened. Yeah. But yeah. That was an interesting thing to note. So, um, there's, it's the time when he feels like he needs to give his, his parting blessing on the boys mm-hmm. as far as like the oldest gets the, there's a special birthright, there's right. a special blessing. And because um, of this happening, Rebecca knew about it. And because she loved Jacob more, she felt he should have this birthright. Right. right. Because God said, God said, right. the older is going to serve the younger. Um, so Esau goes hunting. He comes in. He's like, I'm famished. I'm starving. I need a bowl of soup. And Jacob's like, okay, I'll fix you a bowl of soup. Give me your birthright. And he's like, whatever, dude. Like, he I don't care, care about the birthright. He's married pagans. Yeah. He's like doing his own thing. He's like, whatever. And, you know, the power of a hot meal goes yeah. a long way yeah. today. Yeah. As we know with the apple. Yes. Like, it just doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. So, um, Tem- it goes to show you that temptation is real. Temptation Whatever your is vice so is, is, is a real deal. Yeah. It's and powerful. If, and like, think about it too. If he was out hunting, he was probably gone for days mm-hmm. relying on whatever he could carry. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he got like legitimately mm-hmm. probably starving mm-hmm. and yeah. thirsty and dehydrated and all of that, like yeah. delirious. Yeah. Like I get, if I miss breakfast, <laughs> um, or coffee. So that absolutely with that. So the time comes for Isaac to bless Esau. And so Rebecca comes up with this whole concoction of like, go get a goat, put the skin on your arms, make yourself hairy, cover yourself up. Isaac's eyes are weak. And so Jacob goes along with it. She masterminds it. And, um, you know, I think he's a little weak willed to go along mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may have quote finer character, but he's like a mama's boy, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and going along with it. And um, obviously, Rebecca can't have true love for Isaac because she's so willing to deceive her husband. I know. Isn't that... So This I'm at the chronological part of this story right yeah. now, the Bible. So I just read this oh whole gosh. thing. And I'm just sitting there going, I cannot imagine tricking Chris right. with something for Addie that ri- is rightfully rise. And I can't imagine doing that to my kids. I know. Can you... I mean, it's just... It's un- really crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, 
so there's two ways to look at this story. Um, and to, there's two ways to look at Rebecca in this story. The first is that she prepared the way for the child instead of the child for the way. Yes. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. And the second is that she was trying to birth the promise that God gave before mm-hmm. its time. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe with really good intentions. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the first way first. Um, she went out of her way to prepare the way for Jacob to make life easier for the boy who didn't maybe seem like he would be able to do it for himself. Mm -hmm. Um, We, of course, are like, of course, we would never do this and scoff at it. But she was the original lawnmower parent and more than a helicopter parent. She went and mowed down the way Mm, so that it would be smooth and easy for Jacob. And how often do we do that now? Like we call the school to have our kid put in a different classroom because the teacher, maybe there's a like, you know, a personality conflict. We make ports, we make excuses for poor attitudes, behavior, grades, and choices. Um, We don't allow our kids to play with other kids because their feelings got hurt. Um, We stay up all night doing homework with our kids to make sure they get a good test score. Um, We pay a third party organization to get our kids a good SAT score and into a good college. And listen, what I thought was interesting about this is we are watching this play out with an actual Rebecca, Becky from Full House, That's right. you know, mowing down the way. And the funny thing about that is how passionate this country has been about that whole story. Mm -hmm. But if that's on a micro scale, right on the, on the, uh, a macro scale on the micro scale in each of our homes. Yeah. There are so many of us who are doing the same thing about the position oh. on the team or sure. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, so, um, our, my son's elementary school, you have the option every year in the spring of writing a letter, mm-hmm. just saying like, here's, you cannot request a teacher. Ours was the same way, but you can like write the letter saying like, here's what I think he needs. Mm-hmm. And here's what maybe didn't work this last year, um, to ensure a quote, good class, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever for fourth grade. And I'm, I'm waffling on whether or not I want to do it. Cause I felt very strongly in the past, like mm-hmm. He just needs to be where he needs to be. Mm-hmm, and he needs mm-hmm. to figure out how to deal with it mm-hmm. because this is just life. So I'll give you a little, cause we had that same situation on Ryland. I never wrote one. I never had to, he yeah. could self adjust. Um, his, he had a great learning style. He never struggled in the classroom for Addie. I did though, uh-huh. because she had, she is the least, um, popular kind of kid in a classroom. By saying that, I mean that she learns experientially. She's right. a kinesthetic learner. Yeah. She's not a visual or an auditory learner. And so for teachers who don't know how to work with kinesthetic kids mm-hmm. to put her in a class where she needed to be visual or auditory, she was going to have a hard time succeeding. Right. So I would write the letter and I did it every year for her in the mm-hmm. public school system. And I said, because we had one bad teacher one year that about ruined it for her. Right. I mean, it was killing her spirit, right. right? It wasn't just that she couldn't rise to the occasion. It was killing her spirit. And we've had teachers like that along the way. Little did we know at 16 that she would be diagnosed with inattentive ADHD. We didn't know that back then. Right. But I did write on her behalf, but it was always that, hey, here's Addie's learning style. Yes. And so we want it to be a success for both the teacher and the student, because Mm -hmm. I know that a teacher who isn't gifted to teach kinesthetic kids can get very aggravated with them and, and vice versa. Um, so I think what's important is that I wasn't trying to manipulate it so that she got the best teacher in the school. Mm -hmm. I did it so that she could get the best teacher for her. Right. And that would also reflect positively on the school. I was thinking about everybody that was involved in the process for Ryland. 
he could buck up and deal with it. Like if it was a personality difference, it wasn't going to affect him and how he performed in the classroom. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's where I think like there's that tension is, um, you know, like advocating for your kid is one thing. Mm -hmm. And and then saying like, I would really like these two people not to be in his classroom. Right. (laughs) is a whole different, right. But that's my temptation. Yes. But then that's, that's being a lawnmower and that's being a, Rebecca, if, if she was intentionally trying to be deceptive just because she loved him more. And I can even speak into that situation because when we were in Christian school, um, you know, we lived next door to our neighbors that also went to that same school and Ryland and Nate were the same age. And when they were together, man, they could manipulate anybody. (laughs) anybody. And so Debbie and Wade agreed with Chris and I that it would be best for the two of them not to be in the same class. It would be best for our friendship. It would be best for their friendship and it would be best for the teachers. Yeah. And so we did at the very beginning request that they never be in a class together, but not because, but, and they didn't know it. Right. They wanted to be in a class together. Well, every the year thing is you guys agreed out. on that. We agreed yes, on it. So there was it. no sneaky, there was no, oh, this kid's kind of mean to my kid. It right. was, it would be best for everybody, including the teacher. Yes. For Nathan See, and Ryland not to be together. It's That's what the, what the motive is. That's yeah. right. So I say that to say, I don't think that those things in and of themselves are bad. Right. It's the motive behind why you're doing it. Are are you trying to mow the lawn yes. and make it an easy path just for your kid? Or are right. you doing what's best for everybody involved? Exactly. And that's that, that is the fine line between it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think too, like with what, if, if you look at this story through the lens of she was deceptive and purposely manipulative, yes, she was. then this, the sad thing about that is that it's all for naught because Jacob ended up still having to wrestle an angel yeah. and he was sent away. Like he had the birthright, but then Isaac said, you need to go now and do this. He never saw her again. Right. He didn't come back home. Yeah. So she had lost him. He never got to see her again. He had to wrestle with the Lord. She couldn't do that fight for him. He ended up having the tables turned on him, fell in love with a girl, got deceived at the altar, had to marry the sister, wait another seven years to marry. So it was 14 years before he got the girl he wanted. So like you can try to mow down the lawn, but Mm -hmm. your kids are still going to not be able to escape hard. Yeah. And they're not going to be ever escape their own wrestling, their own fighting, their own like working through it. You've just developmentally delayed that ability. What's interesting about that too, is that she didn't even have to manipulate it because God had already said, well, yeah, the older would serve the younger. Yes. So it was already the will of God that that's what would happen. Right. It's kind of like Sarah, I'll make you the mother of, of many, you know, right. many nations. And she decided it couldn't be her. So she goes and gets Ishmael. So it's just, you know, you look at that and yeah. you're like, you didn't even have to do all of that. Well, and that's perfect segue because the second consideration or the second way to consider um, is, you know, God, like God did say that. And so she ended up taking this promise. And so this, the first way is that she was deceptively manipulative and sneaky, but the alternative way to look at it is, well, God did say that. So therefore it must be on me because like my mother-in-law gave her husband to a servant to have a child Ishmael. And so maybe I need to take matters into like, maybe she had good intentions, right? Maybe it was Isaac didn't hear what God said and he didn't believe me when I said it. And Mm -hmm. so I have to make it work because God did say it and he needs my help, Mm -hmm. not understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, you know, obviously she knows about the whole thing of what God said. Jacob knows about it too, because he goes along with it. And the first chance he gets, he convinces Esau to give it up. Um, David Guzik says, instead of trusting God to fulfill what he had promised, Rebecca went about to do what she thought was right in man-centered wisdom and strength. Her good intentions did not justify the self-centered approach. Mm. So maybe she did have good intentions. You know, it's interesting that you say that and draw that parallel because, again, and it, if I hadn't just read this, it wouldn't be so fresh in my mind. But um, Isaac, um, I think it was Abimelech, I could be wrong, um, told Rebecca to tell them that he, she was his sister. Exactly. And they're like, oh, my God. Just like his dad did. Sin. Like, certainly you know this story because you're Ishmael. Like, yes. how do you not know that this is the exact how same thing not that know? happened? And, oh, my gosh, like, you did the exact same thing. We are just, we're so hardwired to do oh, that. And that's, we are. you know, like what we talk about with metamorphosis all the time. Like, God gives a word and we interpret it a certain way. And we're like, you know, on the spot. Let's yes. go. Let's go make it happen. Let's bring it to fruit. It's all on me now because God spoke it. Now it's all on me. And he's not part of the process or part of the revelation. (laughs) Right. Like maybe sometimes he just wants to let you in on something and then let you just still stop striving. So so you can sit back and watch him do it. So true. Um, So, I mean, we do that all the time. Like we all have wanted to be the good mom with good intentions and take approaches toward our kids that may not Mm -hmm. have been God's plan, but like the, our intentions were good. Yeah. Um, You know, I was, when we first moved here, um, I registered Jaina for eighth grade the next, and she started the next day. Right. But when we registered her, I only had her report card. I didn't have her standardized test scores or anything like that with us. And I was, listen, this is ridiculous sounding, but I was so worried she would not get placed in the proper, uh, like honors level math class. Cause she had worked so hard in middle school to like be ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so worried that she wasn't going to get placed in the right math class. And it was all I could do to like, not call and text mm-hmm. and email. And in the, at the end of the year, God was like, look, it all worked out. Like, yes. just trust me and yes. trust her. Yes. And, but I was so tempted yes. to take all these matters in my own hands and I didn't, and again, if I needed to advocate for her, that's a different right, story, right. but this was a personal selfish, like mm-hmm. wanting to have control of the situation, wanting to have control of the situation. Cause there was a lot out of our that's control, right. but if I could get her in algebra two or whatever the case was in mm-hmm. eighth grade, mm-hmm. then like she would be set up for better in yep. high school. And God's like, dude, it all totally worked out exactly the way I wanted Man, it to. Girl. You didn't need to do anything. And I didn't, but Gosh, I wanted to. I'm so walking into that with Addie right now. There's just some things that I feel so out of control with. And, and I told you before we started this recording, it's like the two things that I hear God saying to me over and over again is give her to me, let go of control. And um, I love her more than you do. I've got her. Yeah. Right. And secondly, it's the trust me because ultimately the school system is not truly strong enough to ruin it for God. God, God is <laughs> just like, we don't have enough yes, power to ruin God's will yes, for our lives. School you know, systems like, can't, even if not that, you know, if there's a, B and C and C happened instead of a, God can still use C to bring it around to whatever his will was like, you know, we just see it so unilaterally. We yeah. just see it so horizontally and he is just so vertically. Yeah. So, well, you went really great with your notes, girl. And not only the whole thing about mowing the lawn for your kids, but even just how many of us have treated our husbands the way that 
um, Rebecca treated Isaac. I know it's just awful. I'm so, I'm so thankful. Greg's leaving right now and I, he's trying to say goodbye to Monica he's going and they're the trying night. to well, air kiss to- each other. <laughs> so just kiss, <laughs> just get it over with. Yes. <laughs> Bye, oh, just keep it real. Call me right. later. <laughs> Call me maybe. Oh, that's right. So yeah, there that was really, really good. That well, was really, it, really good. Um it, it's it's so funny because I'm happy so my daughter just she gets very um she feels a lot of pressure and stress about her future. She's mm-hmm. at a school that really emphasizes I mean, I know all schools do, um, but she just feels so much pressure to be thinking about college already yeah. and to be preparing now, and which is true. You don't want to get all D's first semester, it'll mm-hmm. just ruin the rest of high school and your mm-hmm. GPA, but she just feels all this pressure and the stress. And so as I try to talk her off the ledge with that, it's like God holds up a mirror to yes, me about it. Yes. And just oh. last night she was like, but if I don't do good on this test, like they keep, the teachers keep saying you yes. won't get into a good college. And I said, babe, God already knows where you're going to That's school. Right. And if it's UGA, he's already made a way. He and if it's knows. UCLA, he's already made a and way. And he knows if you're going to make a good score yeah. on this test or not. He's got it all done. I it's like, the only thing you have to do is the next right thing, which mm-hmm. is get a good night's sleep and go to school tomorrow. Yeah. And then the next right thing after that is have a snack and do some homework. And then the next right thing after that. And like, as I'm talking her through this, God's like, Hey, Monica, you can stop worrying about her college too. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. I do have yes. it. Yes. And it's no reflection on you where she goes. No. It's her own journey. So quit trying to take pride in where she ends up or if she wants to go here, great. If she doesn't want to go here, great. And as parents, we get so caught up in that. And then I get so tempted to mow the lawn. And And God's like, I got this. Let me mow the lawn. Yeah. So stop. Don't be Rebecca or Aunt Becky. I know. (laughs) So anyway. So good. We are going to come back next week with, I think we've got three ladies. Yeah. Three if we have time, if not two. So we'll see what we've got time for. Okay. Well, we will be back. Um, do you want to pray us out? Part two. Yep. Let's just say goodbye and we'll (laughs) open up for next time. We have decided we're anti-prayer. So (laughs) you guys have a great week. We'll see you part two. (laughs) Deuces (laughs) y'all. Bye.